This is football. I'm Kevin Clark. I'm going to talk a lot about Chiefs Bills, so I'm going to start very quickly with the Lions and bookend. Last thing is about the Lions, too, but I love what's happening in Detroit right now. Um, these are the moments, like Derek Barnes' interception, great example. These are the moments that like get painted on the side of sports bars. And I don't know what the iconic moment is going to be. Maybe it hasn't happened yet. Maybe it's next week. Maybe it'll be last week. But it's hard a lot of times to, in the moment, recognize what we're going to associate with this with this Lions run. By the way, it's a chance the way they're building. It's not even this year. Think about that. That maybe this isn't their final form. Um, but it's a release. Like the city of Detroit gets this release weekly and they get to, to, to throw their hands in the air and parents get to hug their children and their, those parents get to call their parents or hug their parents. I mean, like it is, it is what you're looking for when you say this is the payoff for being a sports fan. And it's not like life is not fair. Being a sports fan is not fair, but Detroit is getting to make life fair a little bit. And it's, it's beautiful. Um, and I thought, you know, Jerry Goff was talking after the game, basically saying a lot of people in this room, meaning the media wanted, wanted the Lions to fire Dan Campbell midway through last year. Like Sheila Ford had to go and give a little press conference saying we're staying, we're staying the course. And I thought that was, I don't think that was pettiness by Jared Goff. That was the truth. They thought the era, the media thought the era might have been over, not the beat writers, but some people in Detroit, radio, columnists, that kind of thing. Um, and like, this is as a neutral, like, this is what you want to see. You, I don't want to see Bill's fans cry tears of pain. I want to see cries of, of joy. Like I, I, I want to see that. I want to see people experiencing the best thing they've ever felt in a sporting venue in their entire lives. Cause sports, we've all been through this, no matter who your team is, there are moments where you feel like you look at the clock and you say in, in, you know, there's 45 seconds and you go, Oh my God. in like a minute of real time. No more timeouts. In a minute of real time, I might be dead. I might die. Like that's that's how important this moment is. And that's what we want to feel. But at some point, you need that payoff where you actually feel alive after that that minute is done. Like the, either these plays that control your your attitude for six months or six years or 60 years. And you surrender yourself to it. And it doesn't always come up the way it should. That brings us to what happened in Buffalo tonight. And I will get back to the lines. But, uh, boy, you know, I, um, my grandfather was a newspaper man. Uh, he worked at the New York Daily News for a long time. And he, I don't even know how this happened, but certainly it's a horseshoe thing because it's happening now. Um, as a journalist, he ended up writing a, like a, a spec script or maybe beyond that for a sitcom. I don't know what happened. Did, didn't, didn't progress. Heard the story secondhand from my mom. And uh, this, this guy was giving him advice. I guess he was a writer on a sitcom. Yeah, it's the 1950s. He says, hey, there's only one rule of TV writing. That's it. It's one rule. Spend 20 minutes on a 30-minute show, getting the character into hot water, and spending the last 10 minutes getting him out. That's it. Write that show over and over and over again, and you'll have good sitcom comedy television. Situational comedy television. And... That's also the great athletes. Great athletes are great TV. That's, there's a reason 50 million people watch these sort of games. Um, because great athletes are great TV. Cinema. And Mahomes is in his Michael Jordan era. 
which means there's a floor. And in this case, it's the AFC Championship game. This is the worst team of the Mahomes era, and they're in the AFC Championship game. Um, but unfortunately, when one person is in their Michael Jordan era, a lot of other people are relegated to minor characters. That's what happens. That's what the Michael Jordan era is. Is somebody's Carl Malone. Somebody's Sean Kemp. Somebody, somebody like Isaiah Thomas, who finally got toppled. Although that was a more complicated situation because, you know, this Tom Brady still existed and then won a Super Bowl against Mahomes and then Mahomes didn't really get his revenge. It's not, it's not perfect, but that's what this, that's what Michael Jordan era means. By the way, Tom Brady was in his Michael Jordan era. So we had dueling, dueling MJ eras. Anyway, let's put that aside. Um, everybody becomes little Marvel villains. You know how it's going to end, but it's still fun to see them vanquished. And until further notice, that's Josh Allen. He gets vanquished. And I feel awful about that because he deserves better. But until you beat the main character, you're not one. And it's not going to take much. And like the worst thing I'm going to do is give Bills fans good news. Because let me tell you something. Bills fans are not listening to this show. The reason I know that is because, you know, as a fan, the last thing you want to do after a loss like that is to consume content about it. Does not happen. When Orlando Magic and Reese Miami have an awful loss, the last thing I want to do is hear, turn on TV and hear any of the, the great, the Greg McElroys, the Herbies. I don't want to hear them talking about Mario Cristobal not kneeling. That's not going to be happening. Um, watch Seinfeld on TikTok. So it's a bad business decision for me to give to give Bills fans good news, but I'm going to give it. It won't take much for them to close this gap. The last three seasons, they're 38 and 18 with just two losses by more than seven points, according to Shilkapadia. Nothing to show for it. The difference is very small. I'll go through them. Mahomes hits his three deep passes. Most he's hit this year. Allen missed on his. That throw from Allen to Diggs traveled 64 yards in the air. Third longest pass this season. And it was a drop, a straight drop. And we're going to blame Tyler Bass, but this is not about Tyler Bass. First of all, you have the Shurfield drops, you have the Diggs drop. You have the Shakir play that looked like a bad Josh Allen pass, but it was actually, that was Josh, that was, that was Chris Jones putting Deion Dawkins in his in Josh Allen's lap. That's what that was. And we all, nobody wants to realize how interconnected everything is. And I go back to this, I think it's in Jimmy Johnson's book, where he's saying, everybody talks about the catch. Dwight Clark in the back of the end zone. Nobody talks about the Niners' fourth quarter pass rush. Without that, there is no catch. The catch was the cherry on top. Everything else stemmed from the fourth quarter pass rush. Million little things that got that kick. By the way, I mean, should, they shouldn't have even been kicking that far. Um, there's a million little things that got that kick to go right. Tyler Bass, after the game, said he should have known the wind better being in Buffalo. I agree. Um, but I don't think there was, Josh Allen had to say basically, reporters said, are big changes needed? I think you're nuts. I think you're nuts if you think this was a big change type of game. Now, if you want to say hypothetically, okay, yeah, I wish you'd fire Sean McDermott to bring in Bill Belichick. Sure. But I don't think Sean McDermott is the reason they lost that game. 
I think it's it's a series. I think it was uh, a gap in roster talent, a gap in, I'm sorry to say, a little bit of quarterback talent. Mahomes is a better quarterback than Josh Allen. And then the things I said, the little tiny edges, um, the fake punt was, I mean, by the way, that was not an autom- automatic check. That was aggressiveness from Sean McDermott. He said it after the game. But there were just little things in this game. By the way, if Hardman doesn't extend the ball, which he never should have done, this game wasn't even was it wouldn't even be that close because of the fake punt. But the Bills took what they were given today when the Chiefs were playing soft zone. Um Allen was 10 of 21, I think, in throws beyond beyond the 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 line of scrimmage. Um 95 yards, two completions past the sticks. Um, and then he threw a bunch behind the line of scrimmage. The game plan I felt was sound against a really good Chiefs defense. The running game was phenomenal. They were playing heavy. Both teams were actually playing heavy, and the Bills were able to run it down their throats for long periods of the game. But this came down to little individual matchups. Ed Oliver and Daquan Jones, zero pressures on 38 combined pass rushes, according to next-gen stats. Little, tiny things. The drops, um, you know, the it, uh, hell again, the scoop and score that could have happened and ended the game. Um, so it wouldn't there, just a couple of breaks on either side. And we're talking about this completely differently. Josh Allen, like this idea is not built for the playoffs or something is it, ridiculous. I mean, some of those, but you look at the Shakir play. That was the first time Legereus Sneed was the nearest defender on a, on a touchdown. Since week 15 of 2022 on that touchdown, the one in the corner, um, that was just a perfect throw. That was a dime. But on the other side, like MVS making plays. MVS, who used his dropping skills all year to set up the catch in man coverage when they were giving attention to Rice, giving attention to Kelsey, and they said, all right, make MVS is to make a play, and he does. Like, what are you supposed to do with that when MVS actually makes a play? Come on. It's MVS. Um, so I don't think that it's going to take much for the bills to win one of these games. I think you get in the danger zone in a couple of different places. A couple of years ago, I had a discussion with, um, Brandon Bean about how they were building the team and they drafted two pass rushers, Greg Rousseau and, uh, Ajay Ebenesa, defensive lineman. And, um, the reason they did was because they felt they needed to rush the passer in the fourth quarter against the Chiefs. And it's also, I would assume, part of the reason that they signed Von Miller, although I've never outright asked that question. It was an overpay because they wanted pass rush to get after Patrick Mahomes. Did not work. The thing that worries me when your goal becomes all-consuming like that is you don't actually get <laughs> you don't actually get to to play that team because you get knocked out by somebody else because you've been not fighting the war on all fronts. You have to be hyper aware and all in every single year. And you cannot say we're built to beat the Chiefs because then what happens? Well, here come the Bengals. Here come the Ravens. Here come a bunch of AFC teams. That come. Here come the Dolphins next year. Um, that worries me. There are not two elite teams in the AFC. There are. F- Five potential elite teams. Potential, I said, if they're healthy. Last year, we saw it. The Bengals beat the brakes off them, 27 to 10. 
First team since the Bears, I think I saw from years ago to lose two straight divisional games at home. Um, this is an underachieving team, but it doesn't take much. Um, this is just a quarterback who can get away with basically anything because he knows how to win. Again, I went over this on Saturday night. Winning is a skill, and it sounds like the dumbest like 2006 sitting at a desk and I'm a, some meathead guy saying, these guys didn't learn how to win. No, no, no. Like Andy Reid is now going to a championship game for the 10th time in his career. Four in a row in Philly, six in a row in Kansas City. Mahomes' floor is the AFC championship game. Um, you have to play a special brand of football in order to end those runs. And the Bills were so close. They were so close. It, 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 it honestly, it doesn't seem fair um, to the football gods. And I, I did a couple of listener questions. And I was looking at them, and I saw some Bills fans, and I just, you almost just don't even know what to say. You don't even know what to say because it's it, even though it's close, that it makes it worse. Um. So again, sports make you feel like you want to die sometimes, <laughs> and that's the beauty of it, and that's the pain of it. Um, but this is Mahomes' Michael Jordan era, and you got to take everything that comes along with it. And you know what? Maybe one year you can be Hakeem. Maybe you can be the Rockets. Maybe Mahomes takes a year off from being dominant. But this, the bad news is this felt like the year. This felt like the year. And by the way, the Bills had a weird year too. Like midseason, I think that we saw these two teams play, and it was a com- confused mess. And Kadarius Tony was featured a lot. Like that's all you need to know. But this felt like the most vulnerable the Chiefs were going to be for a long time because they had no receiving help. Kelsey for long stretches of the time. Everybody said, well, they can get away with this if Kelsey was healthy. Kelsey did not look healthy. And then they figured it out. What did Kyle Long say in the show the middle of last week? He said, they just work until they get on the same page and the same page is being in line with number 87. Patrick Mahomes throwing to Travis Kelsey, and they're going to figure it out, and they're going to score a touchdown. That's all it is. That's the end goal for everything. And guess what? When it mattered on January 21st, they got there. They got there on the same page. Does not matter what happens on September 23rd. Does not matter what happens on October 10th. It's right now, and it's Travis Kelsey, and he's open. Um, And he's just – and both of them were just fast enough. Just fast enough. Um, So even though it was his most vulnerable – his most vulnerable is still a hell of a lot better than pretty much every other team in the NFL. Um, we're going to do the uh, AFC title game midweek. We have some really good guests this week. We're going to go through it. I, th- I, I I love the Ravens, man, but like I, I, I don't – I feel very uncomfortable picking against Patrick Mahomes. I feel very, very uncomfortable picking against Patrick Mahomes. Now – let me qualify this. Joe Tooney has a pec injury. If that is serious, that is massive because I mentioned those pass rushing numbers. Joe Tooney was a huge part of making sure that the Bills defensive line was in check all week. Um, so that's important. Willie Gay has got the neck. He was ruled out. At some point, you just get too hurt. We already saw that in the Super Bowl. But um, it it felt... The problem with that kick ending it, and by the way, I called that in a text to Mina Kimes. 
I'm doing her show on Wednesday. She can she can be the witness here. I called it six minutes before it happened, beginning of the drive. But it just doesn't feel poetic in any way. It wasn't Josh Allen going out on the sword. Although if you want to, you know, you look at the second and third down plays, maybe it was a little bit. It wasn't some grueling run that got stopped one yard short of the sticks. It was a kicker. And, you know, I'm going to spoil a movie that came out 18 years ago, but it's like the end of The Departed. Just being in an elevator, bang, it's over. That's it. And you go, what, that's it? That's it. You look at the clock and you go, that's that. I don't have anything else. I don't get to do anything else. Yeah, that's it. Tyler Bass misreads the wind and your season's over. You're sitting in snow. You shoveled snow for $20 an hour for that. To sit in the snow and watch Tyler Bass. Probably seat still probably a little wet. Tyler Bass drifts wide right. 44 yards just like Scott Norwood. Um, who do you trust? Trust Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes. It's not fair. That's why we love sports. Why should you bet with Caesar Sportsbook? Two words, Caesar's rewards. Every bet brings you closer to the types of benefits only Caesars can offer. Hotel stays, VIP experiences, sports and concert tickets, and more. It's not just an app, it's an empire. 21 and up must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming, or Washington, D.C. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, Utah, and other states where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start. Gambling problem? Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Ohio, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, Crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER, 1-800-426-2537. Or Maryland, visit mdgamblinghelp.org. Or West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, D.C., Nevada, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Licensed through Horseshoe, Bossier City, and Harris, New Orleans. Massachusetts, if you or a loved one is experiencing problems with gambling, please call 1-800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org for 24-7 support. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. New York, call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. I want to do one little thing here, which is the touchback thing. So Andy Reid said, don't extend the ball. And then there were a couple of people that came out, national writers. I had not heard this. I don't really check in on competition committee stuff, frankly, at all. Like, it's not really my thing. I, someone passes the rules in March and I go, okay, that sounds good. Um, yeah, but the, a couple of them said that there's a lot of momentum towards changing the rule on the touchback. I don't know what that's going to look like. Is that putting the ball at the 10, but then they keep the, they keep the ball, uh, the possession, the 20, 15, move back to the five, move back to the one. It's got to be penal because otherwise, could you imagine the nightmare of just guys just kind of hurling their body with the ball out at the one yard line and the other guys trying to slap it, you know, the trying to get the ball out, like right there at the thing and you're slapping the ball. And is it going to go out at the one? Is it going to go in the end zone and go back to the 10? That would not be good. 
the rules put in for a reason. The people who made the rules of football, I know they seem stupid. I promise you they're generally smart. They created the best sport on earth. So I, I would keep the rule as is. I think you said too, far too many unintended consequences. Bill Belichick famously teaches his players not to stretch at the one. Don't do it. And the guys who do it on the Patriots, it's because they don't follow the rules and they're not smart players. It sounds like Andy Reid does the same, but Hardman was just going for it. And the best solution to this rule is not fumbling at the goal line. Don't do it. Don't do it. It's, like, I love the idea. It's like, oh, well, well they had no choice. What? We're going to fumble at the goal line. I know what you're going to be penalizing for that. Yes, you're going to penalize a guy for fumbling at the goal line because the point is to score a touchdown and not to drop the ball in the end zone. I, I don't know how this is hard. Why is this the quote unquote worst rule in sports? People say it's the worst rule in sports have never studied a rule book. You ever seen college football? You ever seen baseball? You're talking about bad rules? College, college football, the whole thing is one big bad rule. That's why they're they're rewriting all the rules now, and none of them make any sense. There's a bunch of rules. They're rewriting a rule book that made no sense, and guess what? That Those rewriting, those new rules also make no sense because the entire thing is just a house of cards. Now, that's a sport I love, but there's some bad rules there. Um, all right, let's get to the Lions quickly before – not quickly. Let's spend some time on them. Congratulations, Lions. Um, before we get to questions. Golf was upright. This is what I say when I say what the Lions knew what they were. Penny Sewell, one of the best linemen in football, home run pick, identity pick, foundation pick. The Bucks pressured Golf on 26% of his dropbacks by blitzing 47% of the time. That's all you can hope for. When it's an aggressive defense and you say, you know what? We're actually gonna we're we're going to not only keep golf upright, we're going to give them amazing looks because they're sending extra guys and we're going to hold up. Um, Mayfield was sacked in under 3.1 seconds twice on Sunday. Um, two fastest sacks he took all season were from the Detroit Lions. Remember that, that Melifanu blitz? That was awesome. I love defensive backs, backs blitzing. Um, I think that's that's just like the it, it's the most aggressive call. It's the coolest call. Um, I I can't. I safety blitzes. I could watch those all day. Cornerback blitzes. Slot cornerback blitzes. Holy moly! Um, and Hutchinson obviously was the other one, and that was he's just an absolute freak of nature. Um, Jameer Gibbs. Like this is why you draft him. The the, the picks this year. The draft class. I don't think it, it, it's 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 funny to me because it's not just about hitting on the draft pick. It's not like Seattle a couple of years ago where they get a bunch of really good guys. And I'm not talking about the Legion of Boom ones. I'm talking about like the Tariq Woolen ones. You know all that stuff. Like there's a lot of reasons to be optimistic about about the Lions and what they're building. First four picks: Jameer Gibbs, stud; Jack Campbell, Sam Laporta. Again, identity guy. You know what you want: toughness, catches the ball over the place, and then Brian Branch, safety. Absolute stud. So they had four picks in the top 45. I think all of those dudes are going to become players. And or, or, or all of those players are going to become dudes in football terms. They they took Hendon Hooker in the third round, which kind of sucks. But whatever. Everybody will live. Um, 
And I got to tell you, there was so much skepticism in the league about what they were doing because it wasn't premium positions. It wasn't. I was in training camp and somebody said, how, how can you come out of the draft without premium position players at those, with those picks? Well, here's what they did. They took the good players. Many other teams should try it. I'm I'm serious. I'm not. I think a lot of times people come come at me, they'll tweet at me, and they'll say, "Hey, you should, you're just saying every team should be smart." Oh, good advice, buddy. No, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, is that I think we've gotten too. Uh, the conversation started to eat itself as far as what you should do in drafting. Like my galaxy brain take is, we should take a quarterback every single year if I'm running a team. But I think the bigger thing is we've gotten too far with in the first round. Take a pass rusher or cornerback. Take a player who, or quarterback if you need it, obviously. But like, take a player who, if you need, like, I've heard all of this stuff from guys like, well, the fifth year option is so important, and you only want certain guys under contract for five years. You would never, would never want an off ball linebacker or something like that, whatever. Um, and I think it's BS. I think it's BS. And I think what the Lions are showing you, and maybe one day this will all come back to haunt us. But I think what the Lions are showing you is you have an identity and you know what you want. That can do a hell of a lot more than Galaxy Brand takes about positional value. I love positional value. I think it's very important to have pass rush and all that stuff. Um, I think cornerbacks, I mean, actually, you know what? You can get away with without elite cornerbacks in this league. There's a lot of GMs who think that. But anyway, um, and the secondary has been okay for the for the Lions. Okay. Um like it, 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 I'm talking about over, over the balance, the balance of the year today. Uh, boy, it was kind of torched. Mike Evans, 147 yards, 349 yards for the Bucks. Um, this is this comes after last week where Puka Nakua had 101, 181 yards. So, um, the health of Debo Samuel, let's say, is is paramount next week. Although they, the, the Niners certainly have a bunch of other options. Um, so, but anyway. I, to put a button on on this specific Lions talk, um, if you're a GM, and yeah, we're, 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 I'm going to do this question now. Actually, someone had asked it to me, and I was going to answer it later, but I'll, I'll do it right now. Someone said, is this going to change the way teams hire? We're going to culture change. And I've gotten a version of that question like 10 times over the past couple of months. And I think it's impossible to scout for, as I've said. We talked about this a little bit with Lewis Riddick. I think we're going to get some awful culture guys because guys are just going to lie about it. But I think more than anything, if I was to say, and I, I've spent a good deal of time in Detroit reporting on their building process. If somebody called me, I don't know why they would, but if somebody called me and said, what can we glean from it? Let's have courage in your, in your decision-making. Like have legitimate courage and don't do what everybody else does. What's funny is they're doing an old school brand of football and that is the revolutionary part of it because everybody else has transitioned to positional value and we're, you know, we're not going to, we're only going to take certain guys in the first round. We're only going to invest in this. Like Jared Goff was a joke in this league. They, they said, we're going to keep him upright. We're going to make plays when he, people were laughing at me when I wrote a couple of years ago that um, they didn't see him as a, as a stopgap. People were laughing and nobody's laughing now. All right, let's get to questions. Flynn. First, we're going to hear from Joe Vogel. He wants a list of players that could confidently wade into an opposing team's fan base and win them over by drinking beers with them. All right. So this is based on Jason Kelsey, obviously. Um, 
I got a few hundred. I I quote tweeted this question because it's a phenomenal question from Joe Vogel, and um, I got a few hundred responses based based on quote tweets and replies. I have to be honest with you. For a lot of them, I was extremely disappointed. It was a lot of people naming people just like Jason Kelsey. And what I mean by that is kind of like, like tubby white guy, right? And so it was a lot of like, uh, it was a lot of like, or like Ryan Fitzpatrick and, you know, Gardner Minshew and, and like that, that, that whole crowd. And I don't, I think there's a couple of things about it. Number one is they have to be an unbelievable athlete that the, that the other fan bases will respect. And I don't think that that's. Or you like you have to be such a joke that nobody cares about you, which is a different category. You have to be so good. Jason Kelsey is going to go in the Hall of Freaking Fame, and if he wants to have a beer with me, and I'm a posing fan, I'm giving Jason Kelsey a beer. On top of that, he seemed to be down for anything. He was taking shots out of some sort of bowling ball. Um, I, I I just think that the most analogous guy to me, a guy who if he walks up to me and says, "Hey, can I have a can I have a beer?" Marshawn Lynch is where I'd start with that. Um, I think he's probably, aside from from Kelsey, he's probably my, my number one guy. Who's not excited to see Marshawn? Put yourself in these, in these shoes. Guy walks up to you at a tailgate. What's your, what's your listing here? Because I think Marshawn Lynch is number one for me. A couple people said Chad, John, Chad Johnson, which I, I, I do agree with. Although he's just, just a big personality. I don't even know if people... I don't know how Steelers fans necessarily would take that because I don't think he's necessarily viewed um, as part of that rivalry. Now, would Jason Kelsey have that kind of success in Dallas? Remember, he was at his brother's game. Would he have Would he have success in Dallas? Probably. Would he have success in New York? Possibly, I think. Although, I mean, like, there's so many Eagles fans in those games now that he'd be embraced by the Eagles fans. Um, the irony being the only place if he played for another team, he wouldn't be embraced would be Philadelphia. That's unique to the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, so I think that there's, and like people said Gronk, like, does anyone think of Gronk necessarily as tied to the Patriots? Like Jets fans, maybe they'd be a little miffed if he showed up at a tailgate, but I don't think they're going to be like, oh, that's a Patriots legend. They're going to be like, that's oh, Gronk. He just kind of floats. Floats so above it all, doing his own thing. Dan Campbell was a great one. I think people would respect Dan Campbell. Um, a lot of people said David Ortiz, which is true in baseball, but I don't. I'm not sure what the baseball, the baseball t- tailgate scene is. Um, so that's. Uh, I, I think Marshawn's number one um, with a bullet. He's also just the number one guy. I just want to see hang out. I mean, I'm thinking like. So let's say, let's say I'm at a Miami tailgate and there's a Forte player coming up. It'd be a mixture. Like, would I let, you know, I mean, James Winston, a big personality. Some people, yeah. Like, I, I don't know. There's not a lot of guys. I'd let Tebow hang out. Jalen Ramsey, probably. Um, some of those rivals. Uh, but it, it, it's it's a mixture of things. It's a, you can't put your finger on what makes a guy get embraced. And by the way, there were Bills fans who were booing him. But like he won them over by the end of the game. To me, that's Marshawn Lynch. All right, Flynn, next question. We're going to go to Chris Black, who wants to know what percentage of non-Detroit, non-San Francisco fans are cheering for the Lions next week. He puts right. it at 98. 
Yeah. So I understand the impulse. What have the Niners done to become the villain other than play the Lions? I would like to see this Lions team win a Super Bowl. I'd also like to see Kyle Shanahan win a Super Bowl because I think he's the best, one of the best problem solvers at the quarterback position we've ever seen. Like Andy Reid being number one, probably. Kyle Shanahan being number two. And it's almost like, I, I, I was saying about this the other night, like it's almost like he's quarterback Mike Tomlin where he just takes things and we say, well, he couldn't do this. And then guess what he does? He drags the play across the finish line. He drags the half across the finish line. I mean, he almost made the Super Bowl last year with a fifth-string quarterback. I don't even know what it was. And I love the guy. I love Brock Purdy. We'll walk that back. I think Brock Purdy's fine. I think you can win a Super Bowl with Brock Purdy. And I don't think that them being in the Super Bowl is necessarily a bad thing. I'm totally up on like the villain stuff and, and oh, I hate this guy or whatever. I don't see the Niners necessarily as villains other than they're playing the Lions. And let me extend that. If the Lions are playing the Chiefs or the Ravens, I think people, most of America will root for the, for, for the Lions, even though, and I understand the city part of it, even though like the Ravens winning a Super Bowl with Lamar Jackson would be an incredible story. Um. That kind, that kind of team building. It depends what you want in a football. And I did the whole thing earlier about Detroit and what this would mean for them. And I staked my claim with Dan Campbell really early. I love the guy. Um, but I don't view this. There's no Patriots anymore where if you wanted to hate them, there's maybe some justified, justifiable reasons to point to, even though I thought a lot of their cheating scandals were overblown. I thought the personality stuff was... Um, misreported. I think there were people who were better guys than people thought. Um, and there were some worse guys than people thought, famously. Um, but uh, that's uh, that's I am I, I I just saw on the timeline that uh, there's, there's people are mad that uh, Mahomes got pelted by snowballs. I think that's going to be pretty low in the totem pole of things Mahomes cares about. Um, there's an outrage cycle going on in Chiefs Twitter. It seems anyway. Um, I don't think that this is I, – I, I understand the impulse to to root for the Lions, but these storylines are going to be amazing no matter what happens. It's, it's going to be an unbelievable Super Bowl. If I could wave a wand and have a Super Bowl, for me it would be Ravens-Niners. I want to see Kyle Shanahan in the Super Bowl. I want to see him be able to work with Brock Purdy against that defense. And I want to see Lamar against – I mean, we already saw it a couple weeks ago. We want to see it in the Super Bowl. Lamar against a defense. It's two teams almost built to stop each other. And last time they played, the game got away from Purdy and everything went south. Indoors, fine weather, two weeks to prepare. I think it's a little different. I still, I still think the Ravens win, but the game is much different. I would love that Super Bowl. I'm good with whatever, though. This has been football. I will see you guys on midweek Tuesday or Wednesday. I know we're recording on Tuesday morning. Um, I will let you know on when uh, on when that's all coming. Um, Wednesday morning at the earliest. Two great guests. Uh, one has been on the show, a pundit. Uh, awesome, awesome guy. Um, the other is a quarterback who has never been on the show. 
It's not exciting. He's never been on this show. He's going to learn about this show on the fly. He's going to be very confused. This has been football. Thank you to Flynn and Miles. We will see you midweek.